We are on Milwaukee Avenue in Logan Square. That right there is Tim. He's the owner of Twain, one of the finest restaurants in the city. In the back seat, the returning champion, Seth Zur, <laughs> co-founder of Bacon Fest. Uh, this is the fourth annual Bacon Fest preview on Carcon Carne. Carcon Carne. Why is that funny? Because it's the fourth annual Bacon Fest preview of the 11th annual Bacon Fest Chicago. That's all. It's just like uh, 24 like hour Church of Elvis open from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Carcon Carney presented by the Audemars Mazda of Evanston. This car we're sitting in, this spacious car we're sitting in, is a Mazda CX 9. It's a new CX 9. It is perfect for eating food from Twain. Uh, it's also perfect if you're thinking about hitting the road for spring break. A lot of families may want to get out. This is the perfect car for a road trip, lots of space. More importantly, it's safe. The safety features on this are extraordinary. Although if you're driving by yourself, one of my favorite features, the stereo system kicks ass. I, I love the sound system in here. The Mazda CX-9, go take a test drive. Mazda, uh, the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. Are you gentlemen ready to talk bacon and eat food from Twain? Yes, sir, I am. We? Yes. Okay, let's do this. It's car con carne. talk about Twain real quick because you've got food. So, Tim, when did Twain open? Six months ago. Just six months ago? Yep, we're babies. You're babies. Uh, let's talk about the food because I don't want it to get too cold. You are sitting with something magnificent on your lap. Don't think I haven't been looking at your lap this okay, entire I'll try, time. I'll try and show it to the crowd. Uh, so this, in my hands, is our uh, braised pork shank. It's been smoked after braising... And then Brussels sprouts, butternut squash puree, apricots on top, and a mustard sauce. The apricots. I mean, They're look at that. Golden. Look at this braised pork shank. It's good. This is lovely. And mm. come on now. It smells good. It smells good. All right, what else do we have back here? So we've got our twice baked potato gnocchi, kind of one of our signature dishes. It's uh. So the gnocchi is in the baked potato. Yeah, the gnocchi is part of the twice baked potato magic which is one of the best potato preparations you could ever have. And so that is bacon on top, right? Yes, I knew who I was with. Yeah, okay, don't mess around with Seth in the backseat. And then this one is our wedge salad with our bacon steak because no other word describes the breadth, width, and just magnificence of that bacon. See, when people think of a wedge salad, they just think of a big head of lettuce with blue cheese. This yeah. is clearly not that. You know, we dabble in the blue cheese world, but we have Green Goddess on this one. That's what that is. Yeah, uh, blue cheese for me just it, it is the soul voice in the choir, and we wanted uh, uh, you know a real chorus. That looks fantastic. I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to eat this stuff as we talk. Uh, so, so for are you got your own? I have some. I'll cut some of these. You've stolen land in your door. Oh. That's cool. So, Twain is making, not only are you new to Milwaukee Avenue and just the Chicago restaurant scene as a restaurant, uh, you're making your Bacon Fest debut. Bacon Fest, Seth Zurer, is when? April 5th and 6th. It's a sh less than a month away. We'll have three sessions over the course of two days at the UIC Forum. Each session will have around 50 restaurants, each serving their own unique and delicious bacon dish. And uh, it's going to be a good time. 
Anyone who's ever been there that likes to eat bacon says it's the happiest place on earth. It is the happiest place on earth. Uh, what are you making, Tim? Do you, do, you, do you know what your bacon dish is going to be? I do know what our bacon dish is going to be. Our bacon dish is going to be a bacon pate with some crispy bacon, mufalata with a bacon olive relish. So a mufalata that's featuring all bacon. Now, your wife, who is a partner in your restaurant, uh, gave us a heads up that you are the mufalata king. You, you are the, you, you do some kind of wizardry. You know, I, well, I guess it's just a passion project. Uh, but uh, there was a time when I first got introduced to the Mufalata when I went down to New Orleans. And there's two stores down there, Old Town Grocery and the other one that claims Central. to both, uh, yeah, Central Grocery that pl- claims to have been the inventor. And, I mean, I thought they were both lovely. And so there was a staff meal at True one time when I was a sous chef, and uh, I made mufaladas from the bread up. And uh, ever since then, I've kind of thought it was one of the greatest <laughs> sandwiches in the world. And uh, How w- long do you hold your mufalada after you assemble it before you serve it? Overnight. Over, it's got to be overnight to let it mingle. It must be overnight, and it must be slightly pressed. And uh, there is no fresh mufalada. I'll never <laughs> go into a deli. And ask for a mufalata where they shave the pate and shave all the stuff. And uh, so it's the olive relish, man. Mm. Uh, here's bad news for Seth. What's He's up? not getting this back. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> uh, the gnocchi is so silky and delicious. And the, the crunchy bacon, just the, the textures on this are fantastic. I mean, a baked potato, twice-baked potato, seems so elementary. But this is so elevated and so fantastic what do we have over here this is the the, the, the oh, right i cut some of the chunks is that is that bacon steak deep fried so that bacon steak is deep fried at the, <laughs> end, at the end and it's deep fried in tallow uh-huh. so uh but the the process would be that we purchase bacon slabs and then we steam them overnight so almost a 14 hour cook again it's been cooked once and then cooked again steamed and then we press it and then we cut it into steaks, and then we roast it in the oven, and then when the order comes in, we put it in the fryer. So, Like all great meals, oh my God. it's finished in the deep fryer. Yeah. Oh, my God. And for people who don't know, tallow is basically just fat, right? Beef fat. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where we fry our french fries. McDonald's used to do it and stopped in 1983 um, for a lot of probably sound reasons uh, but uh we, we have two fryers so one gets tallow and one gets the other things so it's delicious yeah. that deep fried roasted steamed uh mm-hmm. bacon it's pretty good it's that green goddess too man like uh this green goddess is delicious it's uh i've been making that dressing for so long it's an old american dressing it mm-hmm. refers to an old old when san francisco used to be the broadway of today uh, some hotel owner made that dressing for the sort of lead lady of the play. Mm-hmm. And you can still find etchings, and even the play is uh, called The Green Goddess, and it's uh, that's where that dressing comes from. All right, so tell us, take us back before six months ago. The vision for Twain was and remains what? Uh, kind of an exploration of Midwestern food pathways, mm-hmm. if I don't need to get too educative about it. But, uh, you know, I've accumulated 
a library of 300 to 400 of these spiral bound cookbooks from women's leagues from for the real? 20 from the 20s to to now and uh it just it wasn't set out to be a collection but then once you you hit a certain point well then it starts to be a collection and then you start to collect them all right so explain what, what's special about women's leagues recipes you know is it comfort food is it all right I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down for you because that's a real question and I will you tell me to stop okay okay and uh, so back in the 20s 30s these books were put out as a way to gain money for charitable mm, pursuits but back then they didn't say the lady's name it put Mrs Jack L Hauser or Miss Deacon something something and you can see the sociological change through the 50s and 60s when they start to put their name on those recipes. And period, you never put your name on a recipe. You don't send them their sh- your swag. These are your blue ribbon. These are your winners, right? So it's a collection of these various families' greatest hits. And then in the 80s and stuff, you start to see men put their names on it. Mainly in chili in first. Like, there's a certain uh, aspect. Family recipes. Uh, yeah, there's uh-huh. a certain aspect there. But then, man, in the 60s, you can start to see Chinese food show up. You can start to see Mexican food show up in very sort of ways we might scoff at now. Like, all of a sudden, there's chow mein noodles, and that makes it Asian. Water you know? chestnuts. Yeah, and, uh, because that you got to think about their grocery stores. That was all. It wasn't like now where you could have a whole section of those ingredients. Sure. And so... I, it, it, not to be, not to go too far into this thing, man. But once you have so many, you can see the forest for the trees, and it is one of the few published things we have in America that are not Library of Congress ISBN numbered. These things are pretty gorilla, almost like zines, and uh, they, that's a great way to describe it. You know, and uh, man, is that just a wonderful community? You can. You can feel the... It's almost like a time capsule. So many people made little notes in the margins. Really good. Or even a date when they made it. So I've started, if I make them, to add a date to it too. Because I know that these things will last beyond me. That's so cool. And uh, it's this real way to touch these ladies. Almost better than an obituary. Like, uh, you know, it's... and Not touch them. They touch me. And um, it's just... Once you get enough of them and you start to dive deep, you just, geez, these, this is their best. And they are speaking. This might be their only outlet at mm-hmm. the time, you know. And uh, it survived 80 years to come into my hands. And my hands are probably the fifth to have touched it. And just the magic of that is... Uh, it, uh, my old pal Jessica Cummins' mother uh, just said, I have one from my elementary school in the early 80s. It's fantastic. So yeah. she gets it. She gets you. Yep. So in the six months you've been here, how's it been? I mean, opening a restaurant heading into winter in Chicago seems ambitious. Hmm. <laughs> uh, it is. It's a lot different than just being a chef. Um, a chef owner is a lot of things that you don't know about. Do you know that sales tax is on the 20th of every month? Well, I never knew that. I didn't even know that that got paid. And, uh, you know, like payroll every two weeks. Like, it is wonderful, and it's wonderful because of the climb of learning. But there's a bit of a precipice looking over it. You're like, holy shit. Um, So I try and keep it day-to-day and dish-to-dish. But 
that doesn't happen really. Um, there's a lot of things that are successful, and some things we're learning to be better at. Well, it, what a comfortable vibe when you walk into Twain. And it's funny, I was telling a friend of mine, my friend Dan, who I work with, uh, he, he always asks where I'm going for my podcast. I said, oh, I'm going to Twain. I'm in Milwaukee tonight. He said, I was just there with my wife a couple weeks ago. We had the surf and turf. Uh-huh. You're going to be blown away. That place is so good. So I've got to ask. He, he wanted me to ask about the surf and turf. He said, there's a uh, seafood in there I, or a fish I couldn't quite describe. It, it's kind of like onion rings on the plate. What, what, what's going on with Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. Uh, surf and turf for us right now in this iteration is a uh, meatloaf is our surf or our turf. <laughs> and our surf is unagi, uh, broiled eel. That's what it was. And, okay. Uh, so we've got nori crusted onion rings and miso mashed potatoes Oof. and uh, miso mashed potatoes sounds amazing. It really is pretty oh good. Gosh. Yeah. And uh, the umami level of it all was the quest. Also, I mean, having surf and turf with meatloaf. The surf and turf is always so highfalutin. It's tenderloin with lobster. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, to take it to sort of our path was is really fun that's awesome all right you're sitting on that giant shank here I, well, I, i'm not going to cut it because i'm holding the mic so this here, is all it all comes down to the returning champion seth zur <laughs> uh so that Ooh. trophy in the back seat is a, you don't even need a knife my friends that's it right. falls apart at a stern look yeah. it does. uh so that trophy in the back seat yes, sir. by seth that, that is the golden rasher correct the golden rashers are given out during bacon fest for categories such as fan favorites? There is a People's Choice Award okay. for Best Bacon Dish. There is a Judge's Choice Award for the Most Creative Use of Bacon. And then there's also a kind of Architecture Award for the chef that does the most ambitious uh, transformation of their station into a kind of front-of-house exciting thing. Like one guy did a Ferris. Count Porcula-themed station <laughs> where he had a pig carcass wrapped in bacon inside of a coffin dressed up like a vampire. <laughs> uh, and then there was like all these different sort of de-blooded stuffed pig dolls hanging from the station. Anyway, people get into it. They get excited about every element of the Bacon Fest. Well, I remember a fountain. Experience. One of the stations had a big fountain last year. Maybe it was a chocolate fountain or last year. Oh yeah, there was a beer cheese soup fountain. That's what it was. Which you it was. could dip slab bacon's in and then just take a little slab of bacon, get some beer cheese on there, and count right down the hatch. That's so beautiful. I, I, I will beautiful say thing. this to anyone who listens. I, I've said it already. I'll keep saying it. Bacon Fest. If you're just joining us, that's Seth Zur, co-founder mm. in the back seat, uh, is one of my favorite things to do all year. I mean, for people who maybe can't go out for high-end meals that often here's a chance for you to meet chefs like tim chef owners like tim uh talk to them hear what's going on in their head and taste what they put on the plate and yes it's all bacon themed and we all agree bacon is magnificent but what an opportunity to kind of rub elbows with these restaurants taste what what makes these restaurants great i i can't get enough but i will say I always nap after Bacon Fest. <laughs> uh, higher brain function kind of ceases to exist once I leave Bacon Fest. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't communicate with my family. Everything just kind of shuts down. Um, the trip back to my house usually involves the air conditioning cranked, mm-hmm. uh, windows down. Well, you start to bu- exude a certain bacon aroma after a few hours in the main hall. It sort of works its way into the pores of your face and into your clothes. And when, when you drive up, there is a kind of atomized bacon aroma just kind of lingering around the whole block around Roosevelt and Halstead but really after you go in and eat the bacon and live inside the bacon world for a few hours 
it's like it leaves its traces on you. Just like Tim was talking about with the recipes from the past, Bacon Fest is communicating through time in the medium of aerosolized bacon fat. Uh, I will say, I mean, I've, I've been there for the past several years. Waiting in that line, everyone's in a good mood. People like, are happy. People are happy. Everyone's kind of just congenial, and we're all there to, to be a little gluttonous and hedonistic and have good food. You've always got great, like, craft beer partners going on. Uh, it's just, it's it's a lovely, really well-run event. Thank you. And the strategy you instilled in me at a very early age, Seth Durr, uh, <laughs> still holds true. I mean, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Correct. Many you, people make a mistake when they start. They Because how can you, it's like, oh my God, I've got the keys to the kingdom. You get too excited. You get in there, you start start drinking too fast, eating too fast. you got three hours. That's a long time to fill. It turns out you can eat for maybe 25 minutes, and then you need a break. And the strategy, I think, is a sound one. If you don't love something, don't finish it. No disrespect. Yeah. You, you can't. You, you, this is a marathon. you you got to go all in with the stuff you love. That can be challenging for me because usually if the chefs have met me before, then they'll be super excited for me to try their dish. Yeah. And if it's something that I'm not like super through, I usually have a little, you'll, now that you get a little sneak peek, Tim, if I grab the dish and I walk away before I eat it, then you know I'm not 100% sure that I'm going to eat the whole thing. And I just want to, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Which so, I respect. I, yeah. I feel the we same We have way. a lot of feelings. Well, people have feelings, you know. Okay, pork shank. Did you have some, Seth? I had some. It's delicious. Okay. You know what I like about that pork shank? It's Everything. Oh. It's, del- it's porky. And I like the apricots. I like, I, you know, I'm not usually a big fan of very fruity, sweet concoctions with pork. Although I understand that there's a whole vein of fruit and pork that sort of runs through the American kitchen. But this is restrained. The apricot is like... Just a tiny little, almost a clean, cool offset to the richness of the pork. It's nice. It's real nice, Tim. You did a nice job. Little nugget. Little nugget. A guy oh. named Alex made this today. Yeah? So, Good job, Alex. Yep. Uh, all right. I guess we're at the midway point. It's Carcon Carne presented by the Autobarn Mazda of Evanston. As we're sitting here in Milwaukee Avenue, we are sitting in a fantastic Mazda CX-9. It's luxurious. It's roomy. It's fantastic. And I'm here with Tim from Twain and Seth from Bacon Fest. Tell me again, what, what else is on this? So, Brussels sprouts, butternut mm. squash puree, and then a whole grain mustard yogurt sauce that's made from the braising liquid with the that we cook the pork shanks in. And one of our business partners, he's a Serbian, and they always they cook their meat and then they smoke it often. And uh, so we do that to this. And man, the moment I did that, this dish just became. I'm. This is the reason I'm kind of sad. Falls leaving. Like, uh, you know, I'm ready for speeds and stuff, but uh, it's a... Uh, this is definitely a great, like, cold-weather dish. Yes, and uh, I'll be jonesing for it come, like, you know, mm. late September. Just got a nice forkful of that puree. But in a squash, good. Yeah, I that, that could be a meal. Yeah. That with the Brussels could be a meal on its own that's so good. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Thank hang you. on, i got to hand it back to Seth, but first... Yeah. Let me get a big-ass Brussels sprout here. <laughs> yeah. I do love Brussels sprouts, especially in conjunction with bacon. It's a classic. It is. You can't beat it. it they make bacon. Bacon makes Brussels sprouts better. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Brussels sprouts don't make bacon better. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh... Tim, I've had very delicious food from you tonight. This is ridiculous. Thank you. All right, pass it back to Seth. All right, Seth, thank you. Make sure you get a Brussels sprout on, on that fork. I'm gonna get in. I'm gonna get in on this Brussels sprout situation. I'll have you know this is my second dinner. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> it's what we do. Hey. It's that season. That, that's Am I what... your second interview? No. Okay. You can be honest with me. 
Your second? Oh, no, no, no. I didn't do two tonight. No. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I made dinner at home for my family, and then I came here. <laughs> and a boy. Uh, Jessica wants to know where in Milwaukee. It's on Milwaukee, on Milwaukee Avenue. In Chicago. Yeah, in between. Uh, 2445 North Milwaukee. There yes, it is, sir. in between Fullerton and. Uh, Sacramento. Yeah, in Sacramento, exactly. The yeah. sack. The sack? When you're coming out of Taco <laughs> when you're coming out of Taco Bell Cantina and you're still hungry, <laughs> just veer. We're right next to the pawn shop, right next to Polly G's. Do you have is They're it possible great. to make it supreme at Twain like it is at the Cantina? Hundred percent, but you gotta bring your own garnish. Oh. Like uh it's <laughs> I came with all this stuff. Can I put it on here? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Well, here's my question to Seth Zur. Last year we recorded at Polly G's. Yeah, I, it was by sheer coincidence that we're well, on the I same was, block. I was going to say, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're not stretching out neighborhood-wise. I mean, next year will be the Taco Bell Cantina for Bacon Fest. <laughs> well, actually, next year is going to be all, the whole, all of Bacon Fest is just going to be Taco Bell Cantina. We're going to have 80 separate stations, each with a different bacony variation on the Taco Crunch Supreme. Yeah, actually, Tim, maybe you should start, <laughs> start serving food in a box. Well, do you have a guacamole gun in the kitchen? Dreams, uh, guys. Like I can't execute it. I'm only six months old. Okay, like, uh, so it's. Uh, <laughs> but the restaurant is six months old. Uh, you though have a storied restaurant career. I mean, can you can you give a little resume sure, history? I will. Um, grew up in Columbia, Missouri, Central Missouri. Went to the University of Missouri. Go fighting tigers, and then uh, went on to culinary school in Vermont, and then came to Chicago for my first internship at a restaurant that used to be known as True, and just never got it out of my hair. So I came back after my second internship in Milwaukee and stayed at True for about 10 years, all the way from the bottom to the top. Uh, I was from Garmage, the guy putting the caviar on the staircases, to uh, the executive chef, and then went on to help close Brasserie Joe and open Paris Club with Lettuce and Retain You, which also owned True. And then opened Travel in the Langham uh, Hotel downtown. And this is kind of my first not River North project. And it's definitely the first one I've ever owned. And so uh, here we are on Milwaukee Avenue. Love it. This is a good place. I, I, I like this from a date perspective. This would be a fine place to take a date. Also just a cool place to hang out with friends. Like It really has a warmth to it. Furniture-wise, vibe-wise, it's just it's a cool place. You figured it out. We love the way it looks. We love to be there. Uh, we love this stretch of the block. I mean, Polly oh, yeah. G's, Derek at Polly G's is awesome. A stereo across the street. Daisy's up the road. Like, we just keep seeing the Rattler behind us. Mm-hmm. Revolution kind of was the vanguard of it all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's great to be a part of a neighborhood that feels like a neighborhood. Absolutely. And so. All right, let, let's switch a little bit to Bacon Fest, because every year uh, you are a new entry to the Bacon Fest Pantheon this year. Uh, every year there are new restaurants coming on board. Speaking of lettuce, Baba Reba, they've never done Bacon Fest before? No, amazingly, but they seem like a natural fit. After all, they have the signature bacon wrap dates. Yeah. So, so good. A, a classic, a classic. And I think Baba Reba was probably one of the, when I, is, is like an elder statesman of the Chicago restaurant scene. I oh, think for I sure. I probably ate there 25 years ago. Uh, when I first came to Chicago, I, I think and their bacon wrap dates is one of the first things I had when exactly. I first get went that, there. Get that, get a little tor- a Spanish tortilla, Spanish omelet, you know, the tortilla española. And oh yeah, it's a classic. Uh, also, a, a new restaurant and a new addition to Bacon Fest, the Murray Brothers Caddyshack. Yeah, Murray Brothers. Are you familiar with this restaurant? Oh, well, it's the Bill Murray family. Well, it's Bill Murray's brother is the chef, and it's in Rosemont. Oh, he's actually the chef. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. But I think he's the chef. I think he's the chef. Yeah, he's the chef. I'm going to go with that. Okay. Bill Murray's brother is the chef, 
And uh, it's like a whole Caddyshack-themed restaurant. Apparently, Bill Murray's brother, who's, uh, is his name Andy? No, I don't know. He loves bacon. So he, like, when we reached out to him, we're like, hey, you want to come? He's like, oh, yeah, I love bacon. Let's do it. <laughs> I did ask if Bill Murray's going to be in town for the event. I had to kind of work up my courage to say, hey, I know people probably ask you this all the time, but is, is Bill Murray going to come to Bacon Fest? Because it is, that week is opening weekend for the home opener for Wrigley. Oh, right. And I got some mixed mix messages. Apparently, that, that, that's a no. he likes to wait till June, July to come to games because it can be it could be like 22 degrees for the home opener at Wrigley. So See, Seth, the pro, like it when it's cold. The pro move would have been, you know, we'll settle for a Brian Doyle. If we don't get a bill, we'll settle for Brian Doyle. Yeah, I'll accept that. <laughs> Why not? I'll allow it. Sure. We'll take we'll take him. No problem. Uh, if you're just joining the Facebook Live, that's Tim. He's a co-owner, co-owner of Twain on Milwaukee Avenue uh, in Logan Square. In the back seat holding the Golden Rasher Trophy is Bacon Fest co-founder Seth Zur, a man who makes dreams come true. Especially through, if you have dreams Fest. about eating bacon for three hours straight. Uh, I'll say it again. Bacon Fest is one of my favorite things to do in any category in this city every year it can is you buy three tickets can you eat for uh, all the sessions Seth? um you could of course you could i i mean i think we should probably ask for a doctor's note if anybody <laughs> tries to do that we yeah, have had there's smart. a good there's a guy smart. named dan siemens who's a friend of mine who comes to bacon fest every year and for 10 years he went to every session of bacon fest oh, and tried every dish does is dan still with us he is, he's still he's healthy but this year he all said right. to me seth i'm getting too old for this I don't think I'm going to be able to do all three sessions this year. <laughs> Only two. No, so, no. All right. He's, he's backing off, but we did give him a Golden Rasher Award for his achievement of eating every dish at Bacon Fest. Oh, my Lord. Right know now. your limits, oh for God. sure. Uh, other new additions this year, uh, Fig and Olive. You've got Fire Cakes Donuts. Well, they're not new. They've been, been a long time. Oh, no, no. Actually, Fest. no, I, I take that back. My arrow was pointing to Flight Club. <laughs> Flight Club, yeah, right, which is the sister bar to Ace Bounce. So you got Ace Bounce, which is ping pong, and Flight Club, which is darts. And the whole company is overseen by Rick Gresh, who's an incredible Chicago chef. Um, and his, I think he's got this guy, Jeff Sauer, who's the chef de cuisine at Flight Club, who's really talented. So in, in the off-season, in the, in the Bacon Fest off-season, are you just on like a recruitment drive? Or are you just reaching out to all these different restaurants? Is that how you spend your time? Um, you know, not the whole year, but we start reaching out pretty early. Like, I don't know how other events do it. We start looking for an April event. We start sending out emails in October to folks. Sure. Because we just want to get people on the calendar. We want to get, we, want, we don't want there to be a conflict. Um, but, you know, I've always been just sort of like a food guy and a Chicago restaurant guy. I never worked in restaurants because I don't have the uh, constitution for it. Working in restaurants is hard. I have a lot of respect for people who work in restaurants because it's a hard life. But I was always sort of interested in writing about food and learning about food and talking to chefs and talking to folks that were in the restaurant world. And so it's not like it was a deliberate recruiting drive my whole life leading up to the moment when I started Bacon Fest, but in effect it was because then it was like, oh, all these people who I'd got to know from food media or chefs who I'd gotten to know just because I like going to the restaurants ended up being the folks that were at the first Bacon Fest and that told their friends, oh yeah, you should check out Bacon Fest, it's for real. Um, and a lot of folks will come, chefs will come back to Bacon Fest year after year, even if they change restaurants. So That's what I've done. Tim, it's of course, a, was at yeah. Bacon Fest under, when he was uh, running Travel's Kitchen, yep. um, and now he's back with Twain, but we have like Nate, uh, what's his name? Nate Sears, from, yep. who was at the Rattler right down the street. Yep. He started off He's his career as a sous chef in v, at V yep. in Western Springs. At the very first Bacon Fest in 2009, he represented V at the Publican. Uh, where oh, we had, we had the event, yeah, yeah, 75 people, 10 chefs. Yep. And he's been at Bacon Fest every year oh, in three awesome. different restaurants, from V to the Rattler to State and Lake to now Roof on the Wit. So he's, uh, we feel like, 
he's one of my oldest friends in Chicago now. I see him yeah. w- once a year at Bacon Fest, but like we we connected and he, uh, we we found that we shared values and our values were we like to eat bacon and we like to feed bacon to other people. And that's like if that's a community you want to be a part of, then Bacon Fest is the place to be. All right, so back to Bacon Fest. And tell me the dates again, Seth Zurich, co-founder. April fifth and sixth, the UIC Forum. Tickets are available right now at baconfestchicago.com. And there are different tiers, right? Like yeah. if you just want to do the food, you could do that. If you want to go food and booze, that's a different tier. Yeah. So we have the bacon, what we call the bacon only ticket, which is ostensibly designed for designated drivers or yeah. people under the age of uh, majority that cannot drink alcohol. Which ticket do I have, Seth? Well, uh, Tim, you've got like an all-access pass. You're going to be there Sweet. before the event starts, walking all from right. station to station. All Just right. sample a little lanya up here, <laughs> a little cocktail here. It's going to be great. Um, so you can have whatever you want, Tim. But if you buy the bacon-only ticket, if you're a customer, I think it's 60 bucks. Which, again, for this type of opportunity, I, I can't stress it enough. What, what a cool thing to do. I mean, I'm still talking about last year, and it's time for the next one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. And then, of course, 85 is general admission, which includes seven drink tickets. We have cocktails. Seven drink tickets? Yeah, you might need seven drinks. So we have, like, we're going to have cocktails with Hendrix Gin, Tito's Vodka, D- George Dickel Whiskey, uh, Aberlour Scotch Whiskey is going to be there for the first time Th- this year. That's seven drink tickets. That's seven yeah. adult drink tickets. Yeah. If you just want to have water. Sure, we got water. Yeah. We got lots of water. We got Italian water. Fancy water. Ooh. Water from the the coast, the, the Costa Esmeralda in Sardinia. Esmeraldina water. It's fancy water. It's delicious water. Also, just regular water. What I like about Bacon Fest, besides you know, the the tasting of the, these different chefs' creations, meeting the chefs, trying these different restaurants, it do, it is a very congenial mm. atmosphere. Like you've got all the high top tables around there, and you, you might share a table with a stranger, and the stranger will say, "Oh, did you try?" that one or you should your next stop you should try this person's yeah i love that it's a really friendly vibe yeah it's funny people have like we have we give out this program that has a map of the room and so you see people hunched over the program together circling stations that they intend to hit planning it and yeah, planning their route around it. the room I've seen it. yeah it's crazy um yeah, I, I see. I, the map just got in my way. I, I tried that the first year or two uh, now i just I, I walk the room that's what i do as well because i even though i have assembled the map with my two business partners. When, when I have 10 minutes to just enjoy myself, I just like, let serendipity guide me. I see my friend. <laughs> yes. say, oh, look, there's Tim. I want to try his muffalata. Oh, look, there's Nathan. I want to try his, uh, what he's making this year. Maybe, some, maybe a bacon bun me this year. I can't remember. Looking back on all these years of Bacon Fest, was there a dish that surprised you, like from an ingredient perspective or an innovation perspective, something you'll never forget? There were several. Um, there's one I think about that was early on that was like the least the the one the the dish I last expected to try at Bacon Fest, which was like a salad. I think it was I what it was, which restaurant it was. I think it's a restaurant that may not be open anymore down on Milwaukee, further down. But they had like a little frise salad, and they had bacon cured trout. So it was like they had infused smoked trout with a bacony applewood flavor, and I was like, wait a minute, they've they've made something with bacon that has no visible bacon but has the essence of bacon permeating every ingredient. They have bacon salad dressing. It sounds delicious. The trout was excellent. And then I think about someone like Pat Sheeran, who at the time was at Signature Room, um, and now he's at City Mouse in the Ace Hotel. Again, this speaks to the idea of trying restaurants that most people may not be able to go to on a regular basis or even once. That's one of the really cool things about this. Go ahead. So, yeah, Pat Sheeran sort of said... He almost took a molecular gastronomy kind of deconstructed postmodern view of 
of bacon. It's like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to make pancakes with bacon, but I'm going to take... And I'm gonna, he said he's going to make sausage and pancakes. So he took slabs of bacon, cut them in long, like, thick, square pieces. And then he took other bacon, he ground it up into a sausage meat, and then he stuck the slab of bacon onto a sausage stuffer and stuffed it with the ground bacon. And then he braised it in, like, a maple gas streak for maybe five hours until it was soft, and he sliced it thin, and you could see the kind of cross-section of bacon meat, ground bacon, and then he took some pancake batter and whizzed it up in a blender until it was foamy and dolloped it on top. And that was his take on sausage and pancakes. It sounds phenomenal. It was extremely delicious, extremely creative. And like, it basically, you know, you hear chef, like chefs like, like Tim talk about um, food as a way of kind of communicating across generations. These guys take food very seriously. They take it seriously as a, a cultural force that shapes our our country and our lives. And they take seriously the idea that it's a, a realm that's use, that's that's worth it to really think creatively about and to break it down into these fundamental questions about, okay, what tastes good? What does food mean? What does it mean to eat something that reminds you of your childhood but is completely mediated by a million different fascinating techniques? What does it mean to transform an ingredient yeah. but still remain sort of have fidelity to what's interesting about it and good about it. So that's like what's super thrilling for me is to see how these chefs every year after 11 years still come up with surprising, interesting, unexpected ways to experience a flavor that's familiar and comforting and delicious. Um, so I'm sorry, I started rhapsodizing. That's no, cool. You're comforting and delicious. Wow. Thanks, James. I appreciate it's that. true. <laughs> All right. So to recap what we've experienced tonight. Yeah. Tim, Twain, the restaurant, the address is? 2445 North Milwaukee Avenue. Uh, what a great place to go. Book your reservation. Go have the meal of your life. Twain Restaurant in Logan Square. In the back seat, the returning champion, Seth Zurer, co-founder of Bacon Fest. Hold that trophy up one more time for the oh, kids at home. That's right. If you want to see who's going to take home the Golden Rasher Award for the most creative use of bacon, you got to do it at Bacon Fest Chicago, April 5th and 6th. Damn, I want Tickets that. at BaconFestChicago.com. I, I would imagine. I mean, there it is. It's right in front of you. He's taunting you with I've it. never... I've seen it. <laughs> You've never seen it like this because until this year, the Golden Rash Award was actually a three-inch tall pig statue. So we decided to upgrade it. Yeah, so now, now it's like a Little League trophy. This is... As you said, almost karate level. Yeah, it's almost karate glory. level. Yeah. This is no mere participation trophy. No mere participation <laughs> trophy. Uh, which session are you doing? Friday, Friday afternoon. Dinner. Yep. Uh, is the Saturday night when all, the, when all the drinkers come out? Like, I usually do the Saturday lunch, and it's pretty tame. Saturday lunch is usually the most tightly packed in terms of Oh, it's definitely packed, yeah. Come. Saturday night is, I think, when people come to let their hair down. Yeah. kind of like... Saturday lunch, people are eager to get as many bites in as possible. Like, they're very focused and driven. Saturday night, people are eager to... It's a party. ...to have a party and have a good time. Perfect. So, there you go. That, that kind of sets the stage for whatever your preference is. Uh, Baconfest.com? BaconFestChicago.com. Baconfest, sorry, BaconFestChicago.com. Get your tickets. I'll see you there. I'm going to the Saturday lunch. Am I going to the Saturday lunch? Whatever you want, James. I'm going to go to the Saturday lunch. You want lunch. to try all three? Go for the trifecta. See if you can survive. I can't. I can't. Just I can't. Uh, I, I do want to say hi to Blind Adam, who's watching. Blind Adam in the Federal League. Fantastic local band. He was in the car last week, and the entire time we recorded, the <laughs> dashboard mount kept falling, and he asked, has the phone been staying on the windshield this time? Yes. I liked it really well. <laughs> yeah. 
it's been technically flawless, Adam. Technically yeah. flawless. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Adam brought some kind of ancient curse to the car that caused it to keep tumbling off the windshield. <laughs> uh, but thank you for watching, Adam. Thank you for watching, Blair. Thank you for watching, Jessica. Thank you for watching, everybody. Bacon Fest, go eat food, celebrate it. Go to Twain. You guys are awesome. Thank you for doing this. Carcon Carney, presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. We're going to make this go away.